Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. and welcome to the Awe by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And I decided to start randomly because we were together in person to talk about Asteroid City. We're all in this together. Under one house. Using the same mic. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are together at my house right now. Um, Alessandra's hanging out. For so are the crows, apparently. fucking crows outside. But I, oh, goodness gracious. You gotta let them live, and it's very hot in this house, so. It's hot. We need the window open, so I apologize in advance. Um, but today, what are we doing, Alessandra? We're talking about Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we talked about his last movie, too. We did. Which was the... The... One about the newspaper. French Dispatch. French Dispatch, okay, yes. Okay, not French Exit. No, that was a different movie <laughs> with Michelle Pfeiffer. Remember when I kept getting him? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, Emily, what are you talking about? It's French. It's just they both came out in the same year. And they both had the word French in it. But um, unlike that movie, this movie does not have Shersha Ronan or Timothy Chalamet in it. I know, how sad. <laughs> but it does have a lot of people, and there's a lot of their names here on the poster. Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tillis Winton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Leah Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Parks, Super Friend, Maya Hawk, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, Jake Ryan, and Jeff Goldblum. That's a stacked cast right there. Margot Robbie? Yeah, she was in. She was the... Oh, she was the queen the wife. The, yeah. Yeah, she was in that play, The Next Door. Okay. Which, it was funny because she was dressed like she was as <gasps> Elizabeth I. Yeah! In the Mary Queen of Scots movie, but just like, you know, done up for theater. So she was wearing like a lot of heavy makeup. Yeah. But it, it looked great. That was, it was amazing. And also like a really like... Jake Ryan from Hannah Montana? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Among the stacked cast, it was quite a uh, cheering. It was kind of an interesting movie. It, it has it was like a frame story with the frame story inside, which is kind of how we did Grand Budapest Hotel. But this one was even on another level. Yeah, it was like this movie was basically about a play that was being put on by a by a by a playwright, a director. Yeah, and but it was also being framed as if it was like kind of actually happening. Like we we had like the stage production part of it, and we would kind of jump back and forth. Between it and then this this other version where it's just feels like it's actually being shot, like, in, in real life. Yeah, but, like, also, it's Wes Anderson, so it also kind of looks like a set. Yeah. And it takes place in the desert, so it's, like, everything around you is kind of plasticky and deserty looking and... Yeah, it kind of looks like a miniature, like, these people are just yeah, living yeah. in this little... There was a miniature train in the beginning, yeah. you know, like... There was a really interesting, like, a stop-motion... <laughs> Roadrunner that was like running around doing it. it was a doing, puppet doing cute it was a puppet yeah they had a puppet for the Roadrunner those people literally just like puppeteering the the thing that's hilarious <laughs> this this little thing was so cute it would just like pop up in scenes and I was like oh there it is like a little hidden Mickey well it was definitely the most Wes Anderson-y Wes Anderson I think I've ever seen 
just down to every single aspect of it. You know, the frame story, the kind of like trying to put, there's a lot of like emotional stuff in it, but people don't actually show emotions. Yeah. His, his, <laughs> his usual tropes. Yeah. Of just like all of his, it. his, his usual, uh, his usual stylizing, his usual themes, his usual kind of everything really. The, um, the color correction in this was so particular. It was so bright. The the blue of the sky, but it's like slightly greenish blue, and it has like very very pale like features yeah. of the desert, bright yeah. yellows and reds, and yeah, it looked it looked saturated, but but somehow paled in a way, or kind of like yeah. kind of like it's been stripped. Yeah, it's a it's definitely part of his look to have really intense color correction in his movies. Yeah, and some very fun uh, characters as well. Um, it was it was a little hard to to for me at least to like when it kept changing mm-hmm. like perspectives of like okay are we are we actually in the play now or are we kind of yeah. outside of the play looking in are we kind of in the production part of the play yeah, like because yeah, yeah, yeah. we have we had parts where like the director was talking about writing it and talking about certain scenes that like haven't happened yet yeah like with the like with the grilling the hand part yeah right it was like why does he do that why does he do that and then finally he does it and he goes like i don't know why i did that danny saw a a tweet that was like um jason schwartzman kisses someone and it's not who you think in this movie oh yes (laughs) because he goes up to who's the playwright it's edward orton he goes up to him and and he's like yeah why would i do that and then and then he's, he just like max out with them. Yeah, they like so yeah. So he they they enter this room. He enters this room and he's talking to which kind of looks like it's <laughs> this this movie was so trippy. I'm like it I'm, was. I'm, it I'm looks like, like think, a stage. I'm like thinking yeah, but because even, it was being put on as if it was happening as as well. Like Brian yeah. Cranston was saying, this is a recreation of what happened days before the play was written or something. Right, but even <laughs> but even the scene where where. Where Jason Schwartzman basically comes back from performing. I know these funny. And wait, I think we might need to shut this <sighs> window. Right, I'm so sorry. The they are literally right outside the window, and I just don't think that it's gonna stop everyone from they're, hearing they're not, these they damn never, birds. They never stop. They're never gonna stop. <laughs> okay, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit better now that we shut the window. Back. They were just literally just screaming. <laughs> they're just, oh, they're just they're going crazy out there. They're oh crazy. my god! Okay. They're going crazy out there. Yeah. So. Jason Schwartzman was also the actor playing this dad character. With yes, his, with his uh, four children. Yes, because mm-hmm. it's like so. What when he comes in, it seemingly it makes it seem like Jason Schwartzman had just had a production of the play. Like he he comes in to Ed Norton's home or something. Yeah, and he's like, and he like you know pulls off his little fake mustache and 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 a beard or whatever, and he's like talking about kind of how the how the production went. I think it was a rehearsal or something, but it's like, but it's all taking place on a stage. Right. So it's like, is, did this actually happen in, in, well, I don't think that, I think you're supposed to question it like the whole time. And And I was, yeah. And I, (laughs) I think that's kind of part of it. And when you really get down to it, basically the, the, the main emotional arc is about the dad, Jason Schwartzman and his children. Yes. The son was just incredible. I mean, he he had a great performance, and I remember him being in. Um, he was in the Moonrise Kingdom as well. I was think. he? Yes, Jake Ryan. 
who played Woodrow. <gasps> from Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, from <laughs> Hannah Montana. I mean, it was a, honestly a pretty breakout performance for him. Oh, yeah, here he is right here. Yeah. The movie tit. It, from, yeah. Oh, I want to rewatch Moonrise Kingdom it's, so bad. He's so cute, Please, right? can we, can we, can we? <laughs> he's also in eighth grade. He was the <gasps> kid who she has a crush on in the end, remember? And she goes over and eats, like, um, chicken nuggets with him. <laughs> remember? Oh. He was kind of like the silly kid. Yeah. And she connected with him because they were both kind of nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> he was so good. So basically kind of, so yeah, we have, we kind of have a couple storylines happening in this. Um, We have, we have Jason Schwartzman and his two daughter, his two daughters. And his, three, and, three daughters. Oh shit. Three daughters. Yeah, they're little daughters. And, and they're three, very young. Yeah. Very, I think like the last movie that had like young kids in it was Moonrise Kingdom. But these, yeah. these girls were, were very young. Like even they were younger like than, than those kids. Six, in the, I think. In the in the troop, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the camping troop kids, um, oh, so cute. And so they recently had their mother died, and, and Jason Schwartzman was trying to tell them. Yeah, but it also <laughs> in, in such Wes Anderson fashion, like Jason Schwartzman plays like a character. He's like a scientist, so he's like a really logical dude, and so he doesn't really do well with emotions. And he's like, he looks like he's gonna. He's like a like, photographer. Yeah, well, he yes, that's true. Yes, he, his mother, the mother was a scientist and he was a yeah. war photographer. Yes, a war photographer. Yeah, and his like eyes had like the deepest sunken look to them because he, he'd been grieving for a few weeks. Jason Swerfman looked really hot in this oh, movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to... Beard. I'm just gonna, oh, my God, beard was doing everything for me. Oh <laughs> it my really God. was. He looked, and it's also the eye, like, the eyeshadow made his eyes like look sunken so in. so rugged. It was super rugged. And just, yeah. like, so And he was handsome. a dad. And he was a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on top know, of it all... he's a handsome guy. He was a dad. I, I just... I never... I never thought of him that way before until this movie. Well, I also love that because Wes Anderson, one of his first movies was with with Jason and Jason like was the lead in in Rushmore. Yeah. You it's like an amazing, you know, seeing him how many years later, 20 years later and yeah. a, a different kind of role and it, it's just a really it's a great movie for Jason Schwartzman too, like yeah. as as a lead actor. Um and and for his son who yeah. was also dealing with the like losing the parent thing. But that was like kind of dealt with in a different you know it's in the it's in the Wes Anderson like way where they just like don't directly talk about it they talk around it and that's yeah, it's kind like, of a, these characters aren't perfect they're all kind yeah. of flawed in their own way like this is not yeah it will not be dealt with in a in a healthy manner <laughs> like he didn't even tell his kids that two weeks until after their mom died and Tom Hanks who's their grandpa came in and, and just was like <laughs> Uh, you didn't tell the kids. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't tell them yet, and he's like, "It's not a good time." It's like it's never a good time. It's never like, a good it's, time. It's yeah, and then but they also happen to be in this in this place in the desert, asteroid city, for like a competition of some sort, like yes. a science competition. His he son, won. yeah, um, yeah. All these kids have like all these different experiments that they made, and um, Woodrow was one of them, and they're all extremely fantastical. Yeah, like one's like a jetpack, one's like a fucking laser, laser that incinerates things. His and... his 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 experiment is like is like projecting pictures on the moon. Like it's just <laughs> fucking crazy. It's so it's so silly. It's so good. Yeah, I love it. It's so it's so and all the kids are also really analytical because they're all scientists and they're all really weird <laughs> and they all play that game where they have to memorize stuff. Yeah, which I saw was uh, from 
like pulled from a uh, um a Bollywood movie. Oh. And Wes Anderson does a lot of Bollywood references in his movies because he's a big fan. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. And this one was directly from a Bollywood movie, I think. Oh. But all the kids are like really, really smart. Their parents don't understand them at all. So they drink from that little uh, cocktail making machine. Those vending machines were fucking hilarious. It's a vending machine for everything. Like there was one to buy land. Yeah. And And then Steve Carell was like pointing at it and showing Liv Schreiber it. And he was like... Yeah, so this is, you know, this is going to be worth um, something in the future, but, and then he's like, well, what about power and water? And he's like, well, you're not allowed to put any power and water on it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a scam. It's like, this it's seems totally like a scam. A scam. Like, it's totally not a scam. Like, <laughs> and, no, he's like, technically you don't own it. You're just paying back taxes to the city now. And it's just like, what? <laughs> it was hilarious. But there were just vending machines for everything. It was, it was so fun. There was, yeah, that, that cocktail making vending machine was so funny. Um. And then one of the other uh, science kids was the daughter of Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. um, who is an actress. Yeah. Who was currently... She um, was an actress playing an actress. An actress play, <laughs> playing an actress. <laughs> so um, she was really sad. <laughs> and she was learning lines for, like, a new role that she was going to be playing. Um, and... Uh, I, loved, I loved her look, too. She, she looked kind, so good. She looked kind of like um, the lady in The Birds. Uh, oh, Janet Lee. Oh, yeah. Or not Janet Lee. Uh, who's the other? Is that her? Uh, ooh, oh. The, who's the one in the birds? Because the one in Psycho is Janet Lee. And the oh. one in the birds is another actress. Anyway. Is... I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, here, let's see. I can reach the thing. You can do it. Tippy Hendren. Tippy! That's a cute name. <laughs> Tippy Hendren. That's, um... Uh... They're all related. That's Goldie Hawn's mom. Tippy. Yeah. Jessica Tandy was also in the birds. Oh, yeah. Remember we saw her in um, Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> what was the part, the part that, um, what was that part about where, like, Scarlett Johansson's character was on a train and then Woodrow came and, like, was giving her various notes? What that was... was about the actress who was playing the actress in in the Asteroid City play. She almost like left the production but because then she, she like, didn't like came the director. Back. Yeah, okay. Cuz the director was clearly treating her like shit cuz he had those three different notes to read to her if she was acting a certain way. But Woodrow was like an understudy of some sort and he ended up getting the role because he convinced the girl to come back. He convinced her to come back. So he got the role of the son. Yes. This movie. And then at the one point... If, when... you're, if you're confused listening to us, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're correct. Like... Brian Cranston I shows cannot, up I... in one scene and then they look over at him. He's like, oh, oh. I shouldn't I shouldn't be here right now. And then he's, they're like, you shouldn't be here. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he like leaves the scene. It's, it was just completely like, um, honestly, very enjoyable. Like, you don't really know what's going on and you don't have to. The characters, the people, the acting, like everything is just so, it's like nonsensical, but adorable and sweet and like. And super really entertaining. Yeah, super entertaining. Um, And like they're there and then the, the, the alien comes. Yes. So there's also, so not only is there a science competition happening, but they had this like, they had this like, um, uh, not, not a projection, but like a, a board, a billboard. That had like some some, it some, had numbers, some numbers on it. going from I don't know forever. 
Yeah, Woodrow figures out that it's a date. Yeah. And it's and it's for like that day or, or the next day or something. And they're and they're witnessing like like a solar something. Like yeah. there's some they have, they have to wear like protective like they have to wear like a, yes. like a box on their head. These like green lights appear. Yes. Yeah. But then an alien comes. Right. <laughs> and the alien takes this meteorite. So they're in a place where a meteor had crashed. And there's like there's a, a tiny bit of a there's left. a crater. Yeah, there's a crater. Ginormous basically. crater. Asteroid City. Yes, Asteroid City <laughs> is coincidentally <laughs> by the asteroid placed where a crater is. Yeah. Um, and they still have the meteor, and it's like in this little display case, and then and then a fucking like claymation. It's alien. so funny. It lowers. It's like little. It was so creepy looking. It was so creepy, but also hilarious. Yes. It was very scary, though. It was... It was so it oh, comes God. down, everybody's very silent, just staring at it. It's like, it's like 100 people watching this thing. And it fa- it's coming down, and then it goes slowly and picks up the ball, the asteroid. Yep, yep, And then yep. it just, like... And then Jason Schwartzman lifts up his camera, and then it kind of poses with, with the ball. With the meteor With ball. the meteorite. And then after he took the picture, he gets back on his little thing, like goes ladder. up the ladder, and it goes right up. And, and he leaves. It's hilarious. And he, and he leaves. It's so quirky. This movie's so quirky, and it's so funny. And then, like, this whole kind of, like, government thing happens. Like, you know, once yeah. the, like, they're like, don't They don't have to post. deny that it actually yeah. happened. It's like, you can't say there's an alien. They're trying to make everyone but sign, like, out NDAs or whatever. And they're like, keeping everyone quarantined there because of it. And everyone's, so everyone's stuck there. Yeah. And it's just... It's just chaos ensues. Like, but but like Wes Anderson chaos is very, uh, is very calm managed chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in the end, it gets so intense that they just stop the play, and then Adrian Brody's like, like Jason Schwartzman or somebody goes over to Adrian Brody and is like, "I'm tired. I can't do this anymore," or something. And then he's like, "I need air." He's like, "I just need to like breathe." And he's like, "You got to go back out there, man. You got to end the end the play." <laughs> it's like so, the reality kind of breaks, and you're like. Are you watching a, somebody who's having a hard time? Yeah. And, like, it's kind of like all of those things together. It's, it's like, many different stories and many different, like, feelings of, of being in in a scenario as destabilizing as losing your mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we're, like, we're both Adrian Brody and Ed Norton, like, the director Sort of. Adrian Brody was like another actor, and I think he was like consulting or something. Okay. Yeah. Because he was like living at the theater. He was living there because he broke up with his wife, Hong Chao, who comes in for that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just really like there's a lot going on in this, and it's it's enjoyable. And then not only is the science like like contest happening, science experiment contest happening, but like these kids show up. Yeah, and Maya, Maya Hawk. Hawk is like their teacher. Yeah, and then they befriend some musicians that are like just super religious tra- and they're <laughs> traveling with them. And like there's kind of a little love story between Maya Hawk's character and Rupert Friend's character, who plays yeah. a cowboy named Montana who's in a band or something. Their like age difference is pretty big. I was the- wondering what I was. Gonna- gonna say yeah, that because she's like what our age she's like she's like younger 18. than us no <laughs> she's not 18 see. but like he definitely is in his but 40s. like Rupert, <laughs> Rupert friends he's not old but in this instance he's old maya hawk um i'm gonna guess right now maya hawk i think is, she's younger than is us. 20 okay. don't have, wait 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 answer. maya hawk is 25 she is 25 oh, <laughs> oh you called oh. it she is younger than us and Rupert and, Friend. Wait, wait, wait. Rupert Friend? I think... Okay. Rupert Friend is... 
is 42. He's 41. No! <laughs> Such a big age difference, but I definitely knew it because they're in different generations of watching films, so that's why I was, whatever, it was good. It isn't it wasn't like a bad it wasn't weird. They didn't do anything. They just he danced. Did, he, he looks like a very young forty. He's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just really pretty and young. He could pass for mid thirties. Yeah. He he could. Yeah. He could once. So then there was also that bit where they were that even the fourth wall was even destroyed even again because there was a part where they were in an acting class with a lot of the actors and they were like, You can't dream if you don't go to sleep or you yes. can't wake no, what was it? it well, yeah, it was like You can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. Is that what is that what it was? And they repeated it over and over and over again. Yeah. Who knows what the fuck that was about? I don't care. I don't know. It it happened. It in fact it in fact happened. I didn't question it. I wasn't like this doesn't fit because it fit. Uh, there was so many things going on in this movie. Oh my gosh! And then Clifford was like, "Dare me?" Oh, the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave Schreiber's son. Yes, Leave Schreiber's. Son. And then they get to the point, and they're like, "Why do you do that?" And he's like, "I just don't think anybody's gonna pay attention to me." And then they just kind of sit on that for a little bit, and then they move on. Yeah. It's really sad, actually. This movie uh, really makes you think about things. <laughs> yeah. I actually think I liked it better than French Dispatch. Oh, 100%. Yeah. One, I did not like French Dispatch. I think you just didn't have time to, like, really connect with the characters in that one. Yeah. Like, they were sweet, but you just, like, didn't have a moment to, like, really think of... You had to orient yourself every every time a story changed. Yeah. And with this one, you were kind of already getting it the rhythm of what was going to happen. You were going to change between the different varying levels of reality. And even when he was kind of throwing curveballs at you, like you were, you were oriented enough. Yeah. To kind of, to kind of take it as it was happening. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, some, some things were a little, were a little out there. Um, I really love Tom Hanks in this movie. I I mean, he's great in every movie, except for fucking Pinocchio. But, like, so good, so good in this movie because he had, like, a lot more emotions versus, like, Jason Schwartzman and his son. And, like, he was the father of the wife who died. And I loved watching him, like, act with the little girls. Like, Mm -hmm. so there was this scene where, um, so he, you know, Jason Schwartzman's characters finally tells his, his kids that, uh, the, his mother's dead. Their mother's dead. And then he- She's in some Tupperware. He- Yes, her ashes are in are in a Tupperware bowl, um, which I believe my mother owns one that looks like that. Yeah, sure. It, it looked just like yeah. It looked like the one that she used to put iceberg lettuce in. It's, it's probably like um, legitimately from the sixties. Yeah, it uh, it legit looks like what we put our iceberg lettuce in. Yeah, and um, and uh, and you know the girls uh, for all were very cute and they kind of had their own little like vibes going on. Like one of them was like a like a vampire witch. And one of them was like a unicorn fairy. And yeah. <laughs> One of them was like a space, space I don't, princess or something. Space astronaut princess, yeah, something. Um, and and you know they wanted to, they wanted to give their mother basically like like a like a gravesite, like a like a like a little funeral. And then mm-hmm. when Tom Hanks in the middle was, of all of the different bungalows <laughs> of this, in the middle of this, this motel, in the middle of this motel, which yeah. you know you probably shouldn't bury any dead thing of any kind it's just not it's a shallow grave it's gonna come up but it's sure. yes and so, and so watching tom hanks try to like 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 talk to these girls and be like 
girls, we will we'll we'll put your mother in my backyard when we get back to my house. Yeah. Like on his golf course. On his golf course. Yeah, this guy is like crazy rich. Um and uh and it was just so cute watching Tom Hanks just like act with these little girls because they're like, No, we need to bury Ma And he's like, he's like, Okay, okay, just bury her now and then then we'll then we'll take her with us, okay? I love the scene where he was talking to Jason Schwartzman alone while the car was getting fixed or something and he like went up to him and he was like you know, I lost my daughter and you lost, like, I don't even like you, but I'll let you stay as long mm-hmm. as you want. That was a good scene. And like, you know, obviously. And like, there was just so much, and there was a moment where he just got so frustrated with Jason Schwartzman that he just like yelled at him. Yeah. And it was really And like, and like pretended to strangle. Yeah, he's pretending. He was like, ah! Like, <laughs> it was like so good. Because when you don't have a lot of emotion and then you show these like bursts of emotion and then the whole time like, Jason is kind of wallowing in his despair with uh, um, Scarlett Johansson's character, who is also just kind of living a mindless, pain like like a numb life, mm-hmm. and they kind of connect about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really like kind of nice to see the different ways that it had. It really did remind me of Royal Tenenbaums in a lot of ways because mm. of that. You know? Which I don't think I've seen yet. That's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, I think I haven't I haven't seen Rushmore or Rel Tenenbaums yet. Yeah. It's really good. I'm like, yeah. you know, but a lot more is focused than <laughs> this movie was, but Yeah. 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 But did you did you like Asteroid City? I did like it. Yeah. I did like it. Would I watch it again? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's pleasant enough, right? I think so. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be more inclined to watch, you know, like Fantastic Mr. Fox or Moonrise Kingdom or yeah. Grand Budapest again before yeah. before what rewatching Asteroids and, and honestly Royal Tenenbaums as well. It is like really I should good. I, yeah I should I should finish watching his uh, his filmography. It's a, it's it's just it's great. But okay, so people on online were not enjoying this movie, and some people were like really. Not understanding the purpose of Wes Anderson in general, and uh, which is so weird because I feel like Wes Anderson's been around for so long that like I just don't understand that people don't understand him yet. <laughs> I think that maybe this is because a lot of kids on TikTok are kids and they have not grown up with his movies or seen his movies as much. That's true, and they are kind of old. We have we have we have babies watching <sighs> watching Wes Anderson for the first time, and and like there's a. There's a reason that they're like this, and there's a reason why people like them. Yeah. But then there was a whole trend on TikTok making Wes Anderson-esque style films um, that was just crazy, and some of them were very bad. (laughs) And I I would watch, like, maybe one out of every ten. Mm-hmm. And there was one I saw that was really good, but most of them are very bad, because, like, a vertical format... Of a Wes Anderson film is just like the opposite of what it should be. Very true. Very true. <laughs> and people just did not know what to do. They just did not have very good um anything really. There's 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 a lot of expertise that you could make something look more like a Wes Anderson film that you can't just do it on your phone. You know. Very true. Very true. <laughs> he's a he's a very particular filmmaker. And it's, yeah. it's, it's very, it's, it's, it is recreatable, but I feel like yeah, it'd yeah, be yeah. very hard to do. You have to get certain To lenses. get all of his nuances. Yeah, you have to, like, 
be you have to flatten the images you have to do the color correcting right you have to do the framing right there's a lot of things it's really a lot of things that make it look Wes Anderson-y you don't really realize it until you watch people make really shitty recreations of it for sure for sure <laughs> for sure um anything else you want to say do you want to go through maybe some trivia or something do we want to take a break first and then do that that would be good okay and we're back hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, we did hear that a lot of these actors did not get paid very much to do this movie. I, d I did just hear this. Um... Is, has that has that been the case for all of his movies? Like, are his movies just, like, cheap to make? I would assume not. No. The the actors just want to work with him. And so they just, they do. And a lot of them re are, do them over and over and over again. So, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does kind of have his, uh, his, 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 groups. his main, his main crew. Yeah. His main squad. Um. I loved, you know, as it says, there's a lot of versions of this where a lot of references to the 1960s alien films and um, kind of a lot of that aesthetic in this movie. So there was a lot of that music in this movie as yeah. well. Yeah, I really liked the music in this movie. Mm -hmm. It really, uh, which I mean, because normally... Wes Anderson doesn't have like he'll he'll just have like instrumental stuff, right? Like or or does he normally have stuff that's like singing as well? Yeah, there I think it's a mix. mix? It okay. depends on what's going on. Yeah, and you know, like even in in Grand Budapest, there was a little bit of music that sung as well, and also in like the uh, Isle of Dogs and stuff like that. Okay. Um. But also, it's 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 always uh, Alexandra Desplat is the uh score usually the mm, composer mm -hmm, mm -hmm. always <laughs> and he always wins oscars for it because it's great um wes anderson's first film to not feature bill murray since bottle rocket in 1996 <clears throat> whoa holy shit what what whoa <laughs> that's wild that's wild. but i do like that he's kind of branching out because this is steve carell's first time mm -hmm. i think right? like and also like um Maya Hawk yeah, and a lot Rupert, of younger friend Rupert, and uh I don't know about Rupert Friend, but definitely oh. Tom Hanks. He's never been in a Wes Anderson movie. True. True. <laughs> For sure not. Yeah. That's Some of the true. kids as well, like Sophia Lilith Lilith or whatever her name yeah. is. Lilith. Um Let's see. 
<clears throat> oh, Bill Murray was originally cast in Steve Carell's role. And he got he got COVID-19, and that's why he wasn't in it. Yeah. Well, geez. Oh. That, that's bad timing, buddy. It sure is. It sure is. He was good. Yeah. Steve Carell was a perfect... I thought he was Motel great. runner guy. I thought he was really great. Yeah. Super, super great. Um, you When Montana walks around, you can hear the sound of his spurs, even though he's not wearing one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. What? The song that the kid sings about... The alien. To the alien. Yes. Oh, my God. It was so, it was so good. So cute and so funny, because these kids were, like, super religious, and so they were, like, praying before everything. Yeah. And they kept asking Maya Hawk what to do about the, like, what any answers, and she was like, I haven't prepared that, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> Let's see. Film was initially given an R rating by the Motion Picture Association for brief graphic nudity. The decision was appealed, and the film is rated PG-13. For brief graphic nudity, smoking, and suggestive material. Because, like, she is full frontal in it. Yeah. 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 And obviously, you would say graphic, because it's not just, um... It, because she has more of a bosom, It it's worse, apparently. Even though all boobs are kind of equal. So if... If someone had smaller boobs, it wouldn't have been considered graphic? Possibly. No. You don't, you don't, they're so and great. No. Those fucking raining people are horrible. They, no. They suck. They, no. They're horrible. Oh my gosh. Most of wrote the role of Mitch Campbell, especially for Scarlett Johansson. Very cute. That's amazing. Um, has a lot of Oscar winners on it, obviously. Rumored to have shot in Rome, but locations have changed to Chinchon in Madrid. Oh. Interesting. I did not know it was not shot in America. I don't know where it would have been shot. It could have been shot anywhere. I guess. It's yeah. Just, there's, like, no markers of anything. It's, like, a complete... Everything's a set. Yeah, it just... It, yeah, it looks... Oh, my God. There was this some amazing tweet that Danny read the other day. What? <laughs> it was... Asteroid City is like the town halfway between Barbie Land and Oppenheimer. Yes! Because there was like an atomic bomb going off in the movie. Yeah. And then when Barbie leaves her compound in the trailer, she's driving in the desert. Yeah. It's literally like the same thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. And just the little like humorous things that were happening like that cop car that would kept chasing that one they're just going up and down this one this one two, way street this two, two lane way, yeah two-way highway yeah this two-way highway and they would just drive through asteroid city and these just cops could not catch this i i, I never noticed was it the same car every yeah, time or yeah, was it a different car i think it was the same car okay. and also there's that ramp that led to nowhere yeah like the broken ramp there was just a ramp that was like oh oops we accidentally made this ramp to the sky there's nothing for it to go to what yeah <laughs> that's crazy and that's enough for trivia yeah um let's go back to the plucky words plucky words All right, we've got Arizona Desert. Arizona Desert. Desert. 1950s. Love. Female nudity. Okay. Graphic female. I know. It's like... 
Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, this movie All got right. a 74 Metascore. 74 in the green. Really good. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. <laughs> I was going to make like a golf reference. No, you know it was nothing on but On the net. green. On the green. On the green. With a few 100s that we have watched, those are nothing but net. Nothing but <laughs> All right. So this movie got 42 positive re- reviews, 14 mixed, and two negatives. Ooh, baby. Let's look at these negatives. <laughs> Down the bottom. Here we go. We got two 25s. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Odie from the Boston Globe. I'm going to have to drive to his house. Odie. <laughs> go, go give Odie a, I'm a, sorry, a I don't piece mean of your mind. Threatening here. Oh, sorry, no, Odie. We're, sorry, we're not, not, not going to come to you. We're not going to come to craft, here. but, you know. I'm sure he doesn't live very far away from me. I can tell you that right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Odie. Be, be threatened, Odie. Um, okay, here we go. Um, we're going to read that one since uh, that all happened. If you asked an AI program to create a <laughs> movie, you'd get Asteroid City, the latest and worst film from the writer-director of the French Dispatch and Isle of Dogs. Okay. Honestly, I don't disagree with that statement. I mean, But sure. I don't think it's the worst one. I don't think it's the worst one. But either. also, yeah, if you did ask an AI program to make a, a Wes Anderson movie, it might have made something sort of like Can this. Can someone please do that? I, I really want to see this. <laughs> like, I, I need to see it now. All right. I need to do see Do you want it. me to ask my chat GPT to write a short summary of a Wes Anderson-esque movie? Yes, please. Do that right now. Okay. You read another one of those things. Okay. Um, oh, God. You always do the middle ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just pick one. Okay. Uh, just close your eyes and eeny, choose meeny. one. Eeny, meeny. Okay, here we go. I'm in the green now. I can't. Uh, this one. Los Angeles Times. Gave it a 60. Um, the conceit itself is by turns intriguing and laborious, and depending on your willingness to unpack it, it will be either the revelation that sends this movie soaring into the stratosphere or the heavy stone that drags its featherweight pleasures down to earth. That was very beautifully written, Justin. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I don't I don't even know what you said. But... I, don't, I didn't hear it either, because I was doing the jab GPT thing. <laughs> okay, here we go. Thank you, Justin. Um, okay, here we go. I said, write a short summary of a Wes Anderson-style movie. Okay. In a whimsical world of meticulous symmetry and vibrant colors, yep. the Curious Confectioner's Chronicles <gasps> follows the eccentric journey of Henrietta, a quirky pastry chef with a knack for inventive desserts. Set in a charming European village, the film explores Henrietta's delightful confectionery creations, her quirky companions, and the unexpected adventures that unfold as she searches for the ultimate secret ingredient. With Wes Anderson's signature visual flair, quirky characters, and dry humor, this heartwarming tale celebrates the beauty of life's delectable moments and reminds us that sometimes the sweetest discoveries can be found in the most unexpected places. That is literally chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate mixed with like the character from Grand Budapest. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, like the the this the, is the a pastry very show. very bad. See, even even chat. Even I want to do it again. Chat, whatever the fuck. Chat GPT can't do it. See, no one can do it. Only one who could do it is Wes. I'm All trying right. it again. I'll read another one. I'm going to close my eyes again. All right. Okay. I'm going to read another medium. Or no, I'll just go slightly into the green. Uh, I'll read this one. The Christian Science Monitor. <laughs> All right. Here we go. 
more so than some of his recent films like The French Dispatch or even such earlier celebrated works as The Grand Budapest Hotel, not only did I marvel at its color-coordinated craftsmanship, but I also found parts of it to be emotionally moving, a rarity in the Anderson canon. All right. Why don't you go up to one of the 100s? <laughs> Not even gonna, not even gonna comment on it. Sure, okay. No, I'm not. Um, let's see, how many 100s did it get? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's pretty good. Seven 100. 700. Um. Oh, I'm gonna read the second one. Let's see. Little White Lies. 100. Asteroid City is Anderson's most complete, rich, and surprising film to date, and perhaps his most autobiographical in some obscure allegorical way that it stands as a testament to show how filmmaking is about bringing artists together and attuning them to a specific wavelength. On a more superficial level, it's a film which pulses his pantaton funny slash sad dichotomy to his wildest and most enjoyable extremes. There you go. That's great, David Jenkins. Thank you. That's nice. Okay, I, I got another summary okay, for, here we go. from ChatGBT. It says, In the enchanting world of the art of serendipity... This is a terrible title for a Wes Anderson movie. Jesus Christ, okay. We embark on a whimsical journey alongside an eclectic group of misfits. Led by an unconventional tour guide named Edgar, his band of oddball adventurers embarks on a quest to unravel the mysteries of an ancient map. As they traverse through the charming landscapes and encounter peculiar challenges, their bond deepens and they discover the true meaning of friendship, love, and the beauty of unexpected connections. Okay. With Anderson's turn... Invite us to embrace the magic of serendipity... And reminds us of life's more extraordinary moments occur when we least expect them. Okay. That one was a little bit better. And it and, and an adventurer story, but definitely still, sounds. But they wouldn't they wouldn't get emotionally deep. There's something wrong with it. Like the ChatGPT does not understand a Wes Anderson movie, and neither does a lot of other people. So <sighs> it's not about like that. <laughs> It's not about it's not just about being it. whimsical and having eclectic characters. That's exactly right. Like, and it's that's what ChatGPT is doing. But it's, that, just, yeah, it's just exactly. adding whimsical and adding... It's, yeah. Here's a, here's a movie idea. It's whimsical and has eclectic characters. Like, okay. That's not what they're about. <laughs> and I think that's what people think they're about, but it's not. There's so much more to it. <laughs> I think that's the problem, right? Like, you can't just... And also, it's a film. it's filmmaking, so it's very stylized. Which is part of part of it. Yeah, it's part of the look, part of the yeah. part of the essence. I'm of not Wes trying to be Anderson. a movie snob here. Like a, a lot we of sound uh, like movie a, snobs. A lot of Wes Anderson's film stuff, like his themes and all of his extra little shit that's in his in his movies, like goes over my head. But they're just so pretty. Yeah, and that's just so part of it too. Fun. They're just pretty and fun. I know they're entertaining, and they just they're they're. They're, yeah. they're a good romp. That's, they're fun. They're like, really just, fun. I have a good time watching, except for French Dispatch. I have a really good time watching these movies. <laughs> yeah. I just love seeing Timmy's crazy hair, and that was, like, my favorite part. That was that was a good part. That was a good part. And, uh, and, yeah. and Francis McDormand was really good, too. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think that's enough. Yeah, I, I think we're done. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to follow our social media, please follow our uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Just search All About the Popcorn or All About the Popcorn Podcast. If you want to email us, please do that at allaboutthepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we also have merch, so please check that out. But thank you so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. For listening, and we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.